welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, we continue in our series, Baggage. Let's hear what God's Word has for us from lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. Um, over the last few weeks, we've been, we've been talking about baggage and letting go. And so uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the baggage of man and how sometimes men humanity, man, can um, place uh, restrictions or uh, uh, expectations on you and how that can cause all of us um, to uh, struggle with letting things go. Um, we talked about the baggage of past mistakes. Now, how many of us have, have made mistakes? Yeah, so sometimes um, I want to do right and uh, uh, I'm trying to do right, but people remind me of the times of my life when I did wrong. And that could be a form of baggage. Um, sometimes, um, because I made mistakes, I am reluctant to make a decision now because the last time I made a mistake, it sort of affected me. So now I have paralysis analysis. So, uh, so past mistakes. And then last week, um, we talked about the baggage of pride. Um, and so this week, we're going to talk about the baggage of worry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do too. In the midst of writing um, this sermon, uh, can I just, I'm just, hey, it's just, hey, I'm just going to keep it real. In the midst of this sermon, I started to realize I'm one worried individual. Oh my God. Like, Man, and, and God in his infinite wisdom, um, he's so merciful because I'm just, listen, I might be too brutally honest today because as we were singing songs of freedom, I just want to be free. So um, if it offends you that I'm walking in freedom, uh, it is what it is. Um, but honestly, man, I'm one worried dude. I worry about a lot. I'm worried right now. In the midst of a message, like when you think about life, what is there not to worry about? Like, I mean, I go on planes and there's worry about that. Then I'm sitting beside a guy who keeps sneezing. I'm worried about that. Um, I'm worried about the connecting flight. Like, there's so many moving parts. And man, no wonder I'm not in a corner somewhere just banging my head against the wall because there's so many things. I'm worried when Justin goes to work at night, like he travels and goes to work. I'm worried at, at, at uh, the, the mere fact that um, my son's in a public school. I'm worried. Like I'm just, it's just so much stuff to be worried about. And I start realizing a couple things. I need Jesus. Now, I know that may not be revelatory for you, um, but for me, I'm realizing that if I'm not careful, worry, uh, the, the, uh, worrying will consume my life and I just should build a, a bunker and take me and my three and, and my family and just live in the bunker and just uh, eat out of canned foods for the rest of my life. But I know I can't do that and neither can you. So we have to look towards Scripture um, to figure out how to capture um, the, our humanity under the guise of the Spirit. So we're going to talk about worry and uh, good news. Y'all want some good news? Yeah. Somebody said, of course. 
That's why we came here. Um, <laughs> there's good news. The good news is um, our worry does not trouble God. He is present and he is with us. Amen. So, uh, but first, for that one individual who says, huh, I'm not a genuinely worried person, uh, let me just go there for a second. Um, so I came up, I'm on this kick, Gina, that I'm just like, I guess I'm being expressive um, writing. And so now every, I'm creating acronyms for everything now. Um, so I've created an acronym for worry. Um, so we can sort of put where our concerns are. The first, uh, so worry, uh, W, uh, weighing you down. So I just want you to get in your mind um, what is weighing you down, okay? Maybe nothing's weighing you down, but maybe you're overthinking and obsessing over something. I mean, it's, it's like it's robbing you of your peace, uh, it's resisting, it's one particular area that you're resisting God's sovereignty. Sovereignty means ultimately God is in control. And there may be some areas of our life where we're resisting the sovereignty of God. And that's why we keep putting our hands on it because God is too slow. So we, we are messing, so we are making literally things worse. So we're resisting God's sovereignty. And some areas of our lives, we're yielding to fear. So I just want you to just to, because uh, uh, you hand me those, those, uh, those tags. Um, I, I want us to lean into these moments uh, because I, I want to feel and walk in what the song said. I want to be free. And so if I'm going to be free, I have to acknowledge the areas where I'm bound. Like, I'm not going to just pray around it. I'm trying to lean into it because yet I'm, I'm confessing what I'm worried about because I have to allow the Holy Spirit to work in that area. But we spend our time pretending that we have no worries. Listen, I, I remember when the song Don't Worry, Be Happy came out. It was a lovely song. Don't worry, be happy. Uh, and I sung it even when I was miserable. And so we can confess all of this newness and the freedom, but can we just be honest? Can sisters say, be honest? We got some legitimate worries. We have things that are weighing us down. Right now, you can't even hear what God is trying to uh, deliver to you uh, because you're worried. It was weighing you down. At this moment, it's robbing you of your peace. At this moment, it's, um, it's you're obsessing and overthinking. Sometimes I make, I, I struggle making decisions because I'm running so many scenarios in my head. I do it every vacation year. I say, oh, we want to go here. We want to go here for vacation. So it's six months out. And where's what I do? I go and I say, man. It's X amount of dollars. But I keep chasing a better deal. Five months later, it's the same thing. It's just like, oh, man, it did go, it did go down. But if I wait, it'll go down more. Two months in, oh, my God, it's going up. It's going up. 
It's going up. Now I've got to change my original plans. And before you know it, we're on vacation costing more money because I overthink and I'm obsessed over missing a deal. Sometimes you're resisting God's sovereignty. Like, you know how it is. You bring it to the altar, you know. You bring it to the altar, and it's just like, thank you, Jesus. And then right before service ends, I mean, how many, how many of us do that? So I'm saying, Lord, uh, and this is how I talk to God, like, Lord, can I get free for real and stay free? And, and, and just like not just have these moments of freedom, but not walking in freedom. Like I, I want to be free, free, for real. So um, we're going to give opportunities. It's going to be a little different today, um, but we're going to lean into what we're worried about. And we're going to ask the Lord to deliver us from that worry for real. Um, I am that guy who just does not like doing a thing because it's a thing. Like, I, I, for some of us, it's like, I remember when I was doing this walk in the beginning, um, I would come to the altar every time the altar was open. Literally. Somebody needed prayer, I was like this. <laughs> every time. And I felt something here. Man, I felt something. I'd jump in that car 10 minutes down the road, and that thing would come back on me. Surely that's not the freedom that he's talking about. Freedom in this moment or freedom for a lifetime? And so I'm wrestling with, um, I want to be free. Um, and here's, mm, here's the challenge. And I want people around me walking in freedom. Now, there are certain things, Judah, that we got to walk out. Absolutely. Yes. Man, I, I remember times of old, a person would come, and I don't know, maybe they had more faith than us, Tiffany, but a person would come on the altar and they'll break every addiction. And they just like this, oh my God, and they never touched it again. Some of us got to work this thing out. I'm saying that I desire to be further along in Christ, not just staying here. So worry. So here's what we usually worry about. Uh, we worry about time. Like, you know, if you're north of 60, you feel like you don't have enough. But here's what I realized. Everybody feel like they ain't got enough time. I was talking to Justin, who's 21 years old, and he literally thinks, I ain't got enough time. Brother, you 20. The world is your oyster. But what happens is we put pressure on ourselves, think, and, and, and here's the reality. The scripture says, count your days, number your days. So it's not the number of days you have, it's what you do with the days you have. So it's time. Some of us, man, it's, it's, this, is, this is our biggest challenge. It's like, here's your problem, uh, connected to this problem, connected to your family's problem, connected to that problem, connected to finance. And before you know it, you just got a knot. And so you can't get healthy because you're connected to all this unhealthiness. This is challenging. Um, for some of us, it's the chains. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. Like, these chains reflect 
restrict you so much you cannot move. It weighs you down. And we're doing things out of duty and obligation. If I don't help my family, who will? And so now you become so attached to them that God himself can't even remove the chains. Because you're resisting God's sovereignty. Maybe the hell, I said hell, that they're going through, um, you keep enabling them, trying to shorten that experience that God is actually using to deliver them. In other words, sometimes we got to let people go because those chains that you are carrying for them, it's for their benefit. And then, and then, man, this is old school here. Look, this will show sure enough wake you up. Like, I remember back in the day, see, y'all, see, y'all, listen, I come from the era that the cell phone was just that, a phone that you talk on. This was our alarm clock. That thing was, man, listen, Gina, if you overslept this, this was not the reason. Like, like this, this will wake you up. And so sometimes I would be asleep, tip, and it'd be like, oh my God, this thing would ring and ring. And so some, for, some of us are waiting for the bomb to drop. Some of us, we got unrepentant sin that we feel like at any moment, and here's what's so crazy. Notice I said unrepentant sin. Christ gives us an opportunity to actually repent. This. Man, I tell you what. This ain't real money, so you can come to the stage if you want. Um, let's not talk about this, Doc. Oh, my God. Pastor, if I just had a little bit more money. I'm worried about my finances. You talk to married couples, single couples, white, black, blue, green, doesn't matter. Some of us struggle with money. So we worry about it because what we recognize is there's not enough time in the day or time in the month. And we got more month than we do money. And for many of us, what we end up doing is everything to get money. Like, I know guys, man, they're working 90 hours a week. And I'm saying, bro, what you trying to do? Buy America? And so are you doing, are you disciplined enough to look at your finances and figure out, because one thing is to figure out where you actually stand. What are you chasing? And there are seasons in your life. Yes, sir. You have to go get it. Yes, yes, yes. But this is a long season for you. And so what happens is there's no discipline in your finances. So because there's no discipline in your finances, you keep going and going. The more money you make, the more money you spend. I mean, at some point, you know your kid's missing you. At some point, you're not present in your home. And when you are present in your home, I got my money on my mind and my mind on my money. And so if we're going to be free, man, that looks so good. <laughs> man, I can't leave you here. I am sorry. I got to put that right here. I can dream. Listen. And so we're going to read scriptures and see what we can do about our worry. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 through 9. 
So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and crown in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Euodia and Syntyche, Syntyche, you, mm, and I practice these saying these two names all night long. I was obsessive and overthinking. <laughs> Yo, it's like, Syntyche, Syntyche, Lord help. All right, see, I'm worried. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers whose names are in the book of life. These women, uh, Paul was addressing issues in a church between these two women who actually were partnering with him and helping him in advance the gospel. And it wasn't, uh, it doesn't appear to be a huge, um, a huge problem between the two women because he only mentions it uh, in passing. So it suggests that they just had a disagreement, nothing that was going to rip the church apart, but these two leaders, these two women leaders in the church that help him advance um, the kingdom uh, in uh, Philippi, um, they had a disagreement. And so he's talking about the unity of the church. Uh, verse number four, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything. All right. I want you to highlight that. Um, if you have an electronic Bible, and you're not completely saved. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I got a paper Bible. That's right. The Bible that Jesus used. All right. So um, highlight. <laughs> Don't worry about anything. All right. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything, but in everything. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. That part. Man, if we ever get this, I know, what, I know what your perception is. And I know that your mom and them and everybody else had to deal with what you're dealing with currently. I get it. I understand the struggle of letting things go. I understand the difficulty of when things drop. You are the responsible one that picks things up. I get it. But finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if, if there is anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. You got to be careful what you think about. Listen, I want you to, it's different. I want you to breathe this in. Whatever is true, stop letting other people define what you're obligated to. 
Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any moral excellence, if there is anything praiseworthy, praiseworthy, dwell, think on these things. Paul says, do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me and the God of peace will be with you. Listen, I will contend to you, worry is all in your head. Statistics say that 85%, some, the Penn State says it, there's a Psychology Today, there's a couple other uh, publications. Uh, Anita literally says that from between 85 and 90% of what we worry about never comes true. I want you to think about that. Oh man, you know, if this happens, if this happens, 90%. I split the difference. 87.5% of what we worry about does not come true. But worry, uh, worry, uh, worrying robs us of being present. I mean, we, we go to work and we're thinking about vacation time. But we can't even enjoy the vacation time because we're thinking about what we got to pick up when we get off vacation. Listen, it going to be there Regardless, it's robbing us. So let's understand the nature of worry. Let's diagnose this problem. It's excessive concern or fear about potential problems or events. Moved into our first apartment, married my sweet wife. Um, So we got an apartment. Day number one in our apartment. True story. I'm putting together the uh, kitchen table. And I have, the, um, I have the patio door wide open, and I'm putting together, it's, uh, I'm putting together the, uh, the uh, kitchen table. And while I'm putting, true story, while I'm putting it together, we both come from small towns. Like, everybody knows your name. It's like, uh, we come from small towns. Charlotte's the biggest place we ever lived. And so we're first, first, first day in apartment. She's, at, she's in school at the time. I'm working. I had a day off. The patio door's wide open. And there's a between about from here to the sound booth, uh, there was a fence. First day, I hear police cars. I'm like, what is that? That sounds mighty close. Man, that sounds close. On the other side of a fence, I saw police lights. Wow, this is crazy. Next thing I know, this dude jumps over the fence and is heading, (laughs) literally heading for the patio door. I'm stuck. He's running. Police jumps over the fence and they tackle him. And I'm saying, my God, what have I done? Have I told you that? Exactly. Never told Tanya. This is the first time she heard about it. Now, it framed everything. My whole mindset shifted. And when I'm sitting there, I'm saying, Charlotte is a horrible place to live. And so now I'm in this tension. 
Now, I've, 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 we developed some great friends. We developed uh, healthy rhythms. But for that season, everything about Charlotte bothered me because I experienced something that framed how I saw Charlotte. How many of us are refusing to experience joy because of one incident and it frames everything. It's like how we just damage our kids' dreams. When I grow up, you know, I want to live in a big city and I want to shoot those cities are cutthroat. Because you didn't pursue it and now you're trying to restrict your kids from dreaming again. Worry has a tendency to do that. So um, worry is the negative impact. Worry has a negative impact on our physical and our emotional and our spiritual well-being. Worry takes a toll on every area of our life. It can lead to anxiety, depression, irritability, and a decreased ability to enjoy life. And it can become so toxic when others enjoy their life secretly. We're bitter for them enjoying something that we could actually enjoy and participate in. But because the chains of worry, the baggage of worry um, restricts us, now we just like Debbie Downer, mean Mike. So worry can also reveal our lack of trust in God's provision and control. So when Paul is writing, this is the beauty of what he's saying, rejoicing in the Lord always. And that word rejoice means be glad, full of joy. Be so filled with the joy that it actually overflows. Now, many of us are in a joy deficit. I just got enough joy for me. It's like you got to have joy so it overflows. Pastor, where do I get my joy from? I'm so glad you asked. You can find joy. We can find joy in knowing and being in relationship with our Lord. Did you hear this? James chapter one, verse two, it says, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds. Huh? You mean I'm supposed to rejoice in problems? Yes. Why? Because we're in the Lord. And the only way to experience or choose joy, because that's what we're doing. We're choosing joy. Choosing joy is an act of trust in God's sovereignty. If he allowed it, it's for my good, and I don't trust what I'm going through, I trust him. Choosing joy. Rejoicing in the Lord demonstrates our trust in his sovereignty and his ability. Everybody say his ability to work all things together for our good. Joy. Joy is an act of surrendering our worries and placing our confidence in him. 
So if you lack joy, how much time are you spending with the joy giver? How are we supposed to think about things that are pure, things that are commendable, things that are true, if we're not spending time with him? And Paul says, listen, rejoice. Repeats himself, rejoice in the Lord. Listen, not rejoicing in trouble, not rejoicing in lack, rejoice in the Lord Always being glad in Jesus always. And then he says, I say it again. Be glad. We trust in the sovereignty of God. Philippians chapter four, verse six and seven. Don't worry about anything. Lord, have mercy. Some of us are worrying about that right now. (laughs) Man, that's too hard. It is to do in your own strength. Rejoice in the Lord. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present through prayer. Watch this. Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The second point is cultivate peace. First point is choose joy. Second point is cultivate peace. Simple terms. Learn how to protect your peace. When that person calls you and you know they messy, there's a little thing, you may not know this, it's called voicemail. And the only thing you got to do, but these folks these days, Tip, they different. They call you, ring, Hey, you reach your voicemail box. Ring. You reach your voicemail box. Ring. These people different. Get the hint. And then when it goes to voicemail, uh, they hit you on text. Hey, you busy? Obviously, you called me four times and it went straight to voicemail. (laughs) Need to talk to you for a sec. Let me know if you're available. I got a few minutes before I go back to work. Are you there? (laughs) And they don't stop at that. Then they see that green light on Facebook Messenger. Did you get my several hundred messages? (laughs) Yo, (laughs) yo, this this is crazy. Protect your peace. Emergency on their part does not mean it's an emergency on yours. Protect your peace. Uh, And so he says, how do you protect your peace? How do you cultivate your peace? Cultivate peace is bringing your prayers to God. Some of us keep getting in trouble because we're bringing our prayers to the wrong people. Listen, here's a newsflash. When you, I'm just helping you. This is just free. Free, Ronnie. When you say, hey, don't tell nobody. You might as well just tweet it. Listen, if you got a preface, just take it to God. Trust me. Just take it to God. Trust me. Uh, Cultivating peace is bringing your prayers to God. The act of surrendering indicates and acknowledge our dependency on God. Paul encourages us to replace anxiety 
with prayer. Hear this. Paul encourages us to replace anxiety with prayer, presenting our request to God with a heart of gratitude. Man, because God knows I can complain. But when you sprinkle the heart of gratitude with it, prayer allows us to cast our worries upon him and find peace and knowing that he hears and cares for us. Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything. Do not worry about anything. Experience the peace of God that guards our hearts and minds. When we surrender our worries to God in prayer, he blesses us with his peace that surpasses understanding. Version, attend, um, according to Antoine, he, peace, he, he blesses us with his peace that don't make sense. So when we cultivate our peace, we have to protect it. And we have to protect it by giving it to God and presenting our request, supplications, our request to him with a gracious heart. Mm. Paul assures us that peace of God beyond human comprehension will protect our hearts and minds because we're in Christ. And so trusting in God's faithfulness to provide and guide us through these challenges is the reason why we pray to God. And we need to experience God's peace so we grow in our trust and his faithfulness. And so we learn to rely on him to provide for our needs and to guide us through every challenge we face. Do you believe that the Holy Spirit can guide us through every experience and challenge we face? Because you only go to, a, to, to people who you think have a solution to your problem. So pride is me taking an ownership of it and seeing it come to fruition. So when we surrender to God, what we're actually doing is trusting that he knows what's best for us. But when I put my hand to it, I'm saying, I got this. A lack of prayer indicates a prideful person. Because prayer indicates our dependency on him. But when we lack prayer, it's on me. I talking to someone and I said, hey, I'm talking to this young married, um, married guy. And I said, hey, you're, you have positioned yourself in your family as the source. You are a husband. You are a resource which means you are limited. But if you see yourself as a source, if you see, if wives see themselves as the source, then they are over, they are taking on a God-sized problem with human abilities. We have to see wife, husband, father, mother, we have to see ourselves as resources. We not the source. I'm limited. We have to see, um, even in context of church, that the leaders are limited. We don't know everything. So let's stop pretending that we do. There are things that we wrestle with. There are some things we argue about. 
There's some things that we're just not comfortable in dealing with. Why? Because we are human size. Stop elevating these leaders to God level. Stop elevating people beyond, it's like supernatural, beyond their abilities. Listen, at the end of the day, we all on the same level. There's us and there's God. The disciples were not that special. Uh-oh, I done messed your theology up. This is the day of Pentecost. The reason why we celebrate it isn't because the disciples ushered in the new era. Jesus did. I don't, look, you give honor where honor is due. That guy wrote a book. He's charismatic. He can preach, teach. She can do the same. It's beautiful, but don't you fool yourself. You have to see the God working in them. Otherwise, people, and this is a revelation that I got like, 45 years ago, people will let you down. Yeah, I was a, I was a quick learner. <laughs> One Christmas I was praying, and I was like, Lord, please give me this, and I didn't get it. My parents, Santa Claus let me down. All right, Philippians 4, uh, chapter, 4 verse, chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. And then he brings it on home for us. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, this is the hard part. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any more excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Do what you have learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. We got to change our focus. You know, it, it, you know I don't know when, what, I think I was talking to a group. Oh, I was talking to the Journeys group. And I was talking how we had to t remove testimony service out. We had to stop that. Because testimony service was supposed to point us to the goodness of Jesus. It's supposed to bring your testimony into the light and say, this is how the Lord delivered me. But over time, we have elevated what a person goes through above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so what happens is um, we begin to compete in testimony service. Like, it would be, hey, man, listen, got shot four times and was on the brink of death, and the Lord saved me. Like, wow, that's incredible. Guy stands up. I got shot 17 times, and um, I was on the table, flatline, four. Whoa. Guy stands up. Huh. I got hit by a cannon. And, <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. I got hit by a cannon. And um, while I was struggling to get up, and then a bus hit me, and I got caught on fire, and uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> so, so we keep having these competing testimonies, and the person sitting over here just like, I went to college. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord didn't do anything for me. And we begin to see, see God from a lens of humanity. Like, whether this person is free from addiction or this person's marriage was reconciled or this person was just the Lord carry them through. Praise be because the focus is not the individual. The focus is Jesus. Like, listen, but <laughs> the Lord kept me and I graduated from college, won't sell books. Okay, all right. I'm not going to step in there. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me get clarity from Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. I got to execute discipline, and we got guests, and I don't want to. All right, okay. Uh, Paul provides a list of virtues that should capture our thoughts. And so the question is, what is capturing your thoughts? Um, you will often hear me say, don't let your thoughts walk around your mind unsupervised. So what you got to do is be able to bring those thoughts into captivity. I mean, it's, it's so simple, it's, it's, but it's hard because some of us, let's just, can we just be honest? Can I just lean in and say, say this? Some of us, we just negative. And until we get the joy of the Lord, it, it, it's, 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 just, it's just horrible. Like, like, even when things are going good, you find reasons to complain. Like, like you, 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 got the, you got the raise, and your negative attitude is, well, it could have been more. I take it. Like, you, you're, so, <laughs> you're so negative, and so you got to bring these thoughts in the cap. Because if you don't, uh, what happens is even when the Lord is blessing you, you see it as a curse. Listen, all of us, say all of us. We don't work, we don't eat. Everybody. Now the level of your eating, we can talk about. So if the Lord blesses us with food, I'm, I'm, it's old school. If the Lord blesses us with food on the table, shelter, reasonably good health, reasonably <laughs> Amen. Stop confusing the gospel with the American dream. Many of us are so blessed, yet when we compare ourselves to someone else, we forfeit what God is doing in our lives. And, and when we become hungry for what is disguised as the American dream. Listen, <laughs> no, no. Whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, Paul is saying. And the God of peace will be with you. This is, this is not a suggestion. He never says that it, things will change because he keeps you in peace. What he's saying is he'll keep you in peace if things never change. <clears throat> the indication of the blessings that God has for you is not because of what you have. It's who you belong to. The, Tiffany, if we ever get, the, whether it's the apartment, whether it's four houses, whatever it is, we are sons and daughters of Jesus. Period. So in times of prosperity, we're going to be all right. In times of famine, we're going to be all right. Not because these times don't fluctuate our experience. It's because these times, he holds them. And if he holds time, he holds me. This is the peace that he's talking about. So we got to choose joy. We got to cultivate our peace, but we got to change our focus. So by rejoicing in the Lord always... Cultivating our peace and changing our focus, this is when peace steps in. See, it can be summed up in, in this. Worry about nothing, pray about everything, and be thankful for anything. That's all he's saying. 
Like, he's literally saying to us, Anita, listen, I need for y'all to pray about, to worry about nothing. Pray about everything. But be thankful for anything. Brother, I'm not saying getting there is easy. This is why we have to lean on him. Because when we, when we relinquish our worries, when we, when we relinquish my worries about people, the people that we pray for and lend a helping hand whenever we can, when we reach the point where we no longer fret over individuals because we believe in the sovereignty of God. But just as important, I don't even worry about myself because I believe in the sovereignty of God. And here's what, what I wrestle with, Tiffany, because when we read this, we read it in the, cons, in the construct or the perception of doing things that I want to do. And he's saying, uh-uh. The reason why he's, he's saying to, to Paul is saying, hey, don't worry about anything. It's because when we are not focused on anything kingdom related, and it's all just relative to our lives, we're not doing what God called us to do. See, in order for us to be kingdom first or think kingdom, see what I did there? In order for us to think kingdom, we have to keep our minds stayed on him. Because once I think kingdom and I live out the gospel in my life and I'm living for his benefit, not my own, it doesn't matter what happens to us. Because if I'm, on, if I'm about my father's business, Tiffany, everything that we're worrying about can distract us from what God desires from us. And that's, see, this is um, elders meeting was talking about. This is the myopic view that creates challenges to fulfill the kingdom. And worry can be a distraction from doing kingdom work. Could it be the reason we are so worried? It's because our eyes are off Jesus. And it's either on the world or on ourselves. Peter is literally walking on water. He's rising above the elements. But as soon as he takes his eyes off Jesus, he begins to get worried about what's happening around him. Could it be the reason why the singular focus of our lives is based on worry? It's because it's more about us than it is him. So when Paul is writing, Paul is saying, don't worry about anything. Why? Because Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, uh, creates this picture. And that picture is, take no thought for your life. What you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. He says, because the world thinks on these things. He reminds us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all the things that we're worried about will be added. The thing that we're worried, that we're striving to get is the thing he's telling us not to worry about because if you get who you are, that stuff won't be as important. Do we need a place to live? Absolutely. But we have to be so consumed with who we are in him that where we live, what we do, small potatoes. Because the, the, identify, the one thing I know 
is who I am in him. That concludes this week's message. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.